Paris, the city of love. But what does love have to do with its foundation, huh? So now that's a mystery, isn't it? When we delve deep, it's more about survival, construction, and growth rather than love. I see. Then I guess the River Seine had a big role to play? Absolutely. It wasn't just a lifeline for the early settlements, but also an aspect that factored into their strategic positioning. Strategic positioning, indeed. It helped add essence to the identity of the city at its early stages. The river was a crucial physical link that boosted trade, communication, and unity among the early settlers. I see. And there's so much more we'll learn today about Paris's foundation. I'm thrilled, really. How the twists and turns of history, right? Starting with the settlements along River Seine to the pageantry of modern Paris, it indeed is an enthralling journey. Completely agree, Christian. And it's such an exciting prospect for us to discover more about this historic city together. So the River Seine played a pivotal role in Paris's early history, didn't it? Yes, its strategic position led to the formation and growth of Lutetia Parisorum, the rudimentary settlement which later developed into the Paris we know today. That's fascinating as it provides an interesting perspective on urban development. Can you share how the river influenced the city's geography? Certainly. The Seine, owing to its vastness and linking capacity, was instrumental in unifying the isolated settlements. Its banks invited interaction and exchange of ideas between diverse groups, thus enriching the emerging urban ecosystem. And the economy of the time must have benefited from this unity, right? Right on target, Chorong. The Seine allowed efficient transportation of goods, fostering trade and prosperity. In fact, its significance escalates when one acknowledges how it literally set the stage for Paris to thrive economically. That's incredible. But I guess it wasn't just about economy. The river also played a part in the political terrain of the early city. Indeed, Chorong. The settlements represented many self-governed entities, and the river provided a mode of communication, thereby lending itself as a conduit for political interactions. This harmonization was pivotal in shaping the city's administrative structure. Did you know there are folklore tales associated with the River Seine? Really? I'd love to hear about those. One such tale tells of the Nayades, water nymphs who were believed to live in the river and bestow blessings on the settlements. This encouraged settlers to venerate the river, making it an intrinsic part of their daily religious practices. That sounds amazing a river being such an integral part of the community's spiritual beliefs. It gives us an insight into their unique lifestyle. Exactly, Chorong. Besides, the river was not merely a spiritual entity. It was also their provider. The settlers depended heavily on the river for their livelihood. The river was rich in fish, giving them a steady source of food, and it also provided them an avenue for trade with neighboring settlements. Speaking of livelihood... I'm curious to know more about their general lifestyle. Surely there's more than fishing and trade. Absolutely, Chorong. Their existence was intricately tied to nature and the changing seasons. They were skilled in various crafts like pottery and weaving, and their dwellings were designed to withstand the Seine's notorious floods. Through determination and ingenuity, they harmoniously coexisted with the river, respecting its power while benefiting from its resources. Besides, their societal structure was unique too. Despite their primitive lifestyle, they were well-organized 
and lived in established settlements, boasting of meticulously planned roads and bridges. It's fascinating how the Seine settlements represent the early foundations of urban planning. I find it noteworthy how the River Seine, with its prime location, served as a strategic point for trade during these ancient times. Have you ever wondered how the river's position might have influenced the economic stability of the early settlements? Surely, with a river so vital, it must have been a bustling center of trade between settlements. That's true. Its advantageous location accelerated trade with neighboring settlements, also catching the attention of opportunistic invaders looking to control a flourishing region. The river eventually became a lifeline for the local economy, crucial for its growth. Beside its trade aspect, were there any societal beliefs associated with the River Seine? Yes, there absolutely were. It wasn't just seen as a river, but was personified and worshipped as a deity. There's a well-known legend about Nayades, water nymphs living in the Seine who were believed to bless the settlements. This significantly shaped their societal beliefs and practices. It seems like the River Seine was the life and soul of the city. It was deeply intertwined with people's lives in many ways. From their economic pursuits to their spiritual beliefs, the river was indeed instrumental in shaping Paris in its formative years. Imagine Paris not as we know it today, but an ancient version of it subject to Roman rule. Salient point. We're referring to what was once known as the Gallo-Roman city. This phase marked Paris's transformation from a humble settlement along the River Seine into a budding civilization. Right. And it wasn't just some random development. The city's growth into an economic and intellectual epicenter had strategic planning behind it. It sounds nuanced. What do we know about the economic strategies or socio-political structures during this era? Well, the Romans incorporated their structural mechanisms of governance, economic model, as well as cultural practices into the Gallo-Roman city. Taxation, for instance, was a significant revenue source. The infrastructural development in Paris during this time, like the roads and aqueducts, benefited from these revenues. The Gallo-Roman city's economy thrived due to a structured approach. Agriculture, livestock rearing, and artisanal commerce were fostered. Due to its position along the River Seine, it became a key trade routes. That's insightful. The combination of strategic policies and geographical advantage shaping Paris's economic prosperity. Yes, but the Roman rule didn't only bring macro changes. The city's aesthetics were also influenced by characteristic architectural innovations of this era. Can we delve into these architectural styles? I'm fascinated about what Paris might have looked like back then. Well, there's a lot left to the imagination considering so much has been lost to time. But, based on existing evidence, we can say that the city witnessed unique construction techniques, blend of materials and architectural styles that lived well beyond the Roman era. Yes, the Romans introduced technologies like concrete and segmental arches, pioneering structural advancements like domes and vaulted ceilings in Paris. A stroke of genius, indeed. The legacy left by the Romans still reverberates in the urban fabric of modern Paris. Let's spotlight the everyday life in the Gallo-Roman city. We hear quite a bit about Roman religious practices. With Paris being under Roman influence, its people must have adopted those rituals. Absolutely right, Kenji. 
It's believed that Gallo-Roman culture was predominantly polytheistic, with rituals often involving offerings to the gods. And on the socio-cultural front, I'm intrigued about the role of women. It's notable that women held a relatively high status in Gallo-Roman society, able to possess their own property and often playing a key role in religious ceremonies. Moving on to language, it's interesting that Vulgar Latin, a colloquial form of the language, was the lingua franca of this era. I'd presume the terrain would have greatly influenced the city planning. Certainly. The geographical attributes did shape city planning. The River Sens Islands, for instance, offered a defensible core, while the surrounding marshy flatlands provided fertile ground for agriculture. Optimum exploitation of natural resources? That's impressive. Let's circle back to a contemporary lens. What prominent Gallo-Roman influences can we see in today's Paris? The most visible remnant is perhaps the arenas of Lutetia, an ancient amphitheater that has stood the test of time. Indeed, the impact of that era also resonates in the adopted road system from Roman times, some legal practices, cultural elements like the arts, to name a few. Unfolding the many layers of early Parisian society, we see an intertwined tapestry of cultures and influences, each leaving a lasting mark. Navigating the capricious currents of Parisian history, we stumble upon an era marred by invasions. The once tranquil landscapes of Lutetia Parisorum were increasingly subjected to threat, right, Chorong? Yes, Christian. In the 5th century, the Huns, led by formidable Attila, instilled fear and despair, leaving a tremor in the safe haven Paris envisioned itself as. Quite unsettling yet, it's intriguing how amidst this vortex of instability, the birth pang of transformation were audible. Kenji, what's your take on it? The turbulence of invasions has often been the catalyst for socio-cultural shifts. As Paris confronted the scare of the Huns and the Vikings, it inadvertently ushered a new era in its narrative. Through the smoke of burning settlements, Paris started mirroring barbaric influences, cultivating a strange hybridity. It ingeniously adapted to the invaders' customs, their lifestyle, their dialects, all the while maintaining its core virtues. What an astute survivor. Resilience and adaptability in the face of adversity, such is the essence of Paris. From the turbulence of the Huns to the intense scourge of the Vikings, Paris bore it all. Yet it emerged, maybe a bit tattered, but certainly unbowed. The echo of the barbaric period resonates strongly, even today. Their stories, their legends, their struggles, they added yet another layer to the multifaceted persona of Paris, enriching her emblazoned tale of transformation. Peeling apart layers of time, let's explore the implication of the barbaric period on Paris. It's as if the sky itself fell into the Seine, disgorging its wrath and turning the city's rhythm into a discordant, halting symphony. The invaders tore through Lutetia Parasorum, baptizing the city in flames. They scribed their sagas, staking their claims onto Paris's canvas. Yet, amidst these turbulent times, Paris summoned her resilience, drawing strength from the River Seine. It wasn't a swift evolution, but a grueling, exhaustive process. Paris was pushed to its limits, challenged and confronted. Streets, once echoing joyful banter, were filled with conquest cries. Death and fear danced around the city, almost parading their dark might. 
Kenji mirrors my thoughts. The tireless waves battering the heart of Paris sculpted it into an entirely different shape. Christianizing the Parisi tribe, changing their tongue and ways, the invaders pushed their cultures deep into the city's marrow. Their customs, their dialect, weaved into the city's cultural tapestry, birthed an intriguing hybridity. Yet, invasions or not, it held fast to its core traditions, adjusting and adapting, tasting the sour and sweet essence of humanity's relentless spirit. Christian, you'd mentioned about Paris's architectural evolution. Could that have been an instrumental factor? Perhaps the city, like a master strategist, used architecture like a shield, bearing the onslaught, standing resilient amidst the barbaric invasions. Kenji, an interesting point there. Adorned in the invaders' architectural styles yet standing regal, Paris ever so tactfully adopted their influences. In a way, the robust architectures were symbols of its unbowed spirit and endurance. Yes, bearing the imprint of invasions, yet defiantly beating its original rhythm. The city, embodied resilience, fell, only to rise stronger, building itself stone by stone, dynasty after dynasty, invader after invader to become what it is today, our lovely Paris. Imagine Paris under the rule of Clovis, the first king of Franks, a pivotal figure indeed in its transformation. Clovis's reign, no doubt, left a profound impact. How would you say the administrative and legislative changes he introduced shaped Paris, Christian? Under Clovis, Paris began to stabilize from the chaos of invasions. New systems of governance, his own blend of Roman administrative concepts with native Frankish customs, were put in place. He practiced a centralized rule, enforced radical law codes based on the principle of personal liability, and these changes, introduced within a system that experienced frequent turbulence, laid the bedrock for a stable societal structure. Fascinating indeed, the establishment of an administration merging Roman and Frankish systems. No wonder the city could endure amidst turbulent eras. This very foundation was the stepping stone to seeing Paris evolve into the beacon it is today. Could you throw light on his military prowess, Christian? Clovis was no stranger to war, Kenji. He achieved several significant victories that expanded his kingdom, stretching from the Pyrenees to the Rhineland, re-establishing the city's strength. His military campaigns, strategically conducted, picked and chose who to ally with and who to defy. He simultaneously dismantled possible opponents while extending an arm of alliance to others. This brought about a sense of security, a relief to the war-torn city. Moreover, in the later years of his reign, Clovis took a significant leap. He converted to Christianity, aligning himself with the Roman Catholic Church. A leap indeed. I assume, given his powerful standing, his conversion to Christianity must have influenced Paris in a significant way. Isn't that right, Christian? Absolutely, Chorong. His conversion swayed the scale in favor of Catholicism across his kingdom, embedding the faith deep within the city's cultural ethos. One might say that he bridged the gap between the paganism of his Frankish roots and the Christian faith, sculpting Paris's religious landscape. Clovis played an important role in reshaping Paris, culturally and architecturally. Don't you agree, Christian? Indeed, Chorong. 
the influence of Clovis on Paris's art, literature, and architecture shouldn't be underestimated. He likely encouraged artistic pursuits to strengthen his rule. His reign led to artistic innovation, didn't it? The adoption of new artistic styles was part of the Paris we know today. Yes, it brought a unique blend of Frankish rusticity and Roman sophistication, which impacted architectural designs significantly. However, possibly one of the most profound impacts of Clovis's reign is in shaping spiritual icons. He commissioned and patronized various architectural projects revolving around churches, bridging the gap between the sacred and political. I'm fascinated by the cultural amalgamation expressed in architecture itself. Christian, can we delve deeper into the specifics of these architectural advancements and styles shaped by Clovis? Chorong. One nature of Clovis's architectural patronage that stood out was his emphasis on using local stone over imported marble, leading to robustness of the buildings. He also encouraged the use of round arches, heavy masonry, and dense sculptural compositions, which were distinct from the traditional Roman designs. Judging by the structures we still see today, he seemed to prefer solid and lasting over fashionable. But then, what do we know about Clovis's role in literature development? There is little direct evidence of explicit literary innovations of Clovis. However, his rule certainly contributed to creating an atmosphere conducive to our literary development, as his reign saw an amalgamation of Frankish vernacular with the Latin language which influenced the future course of French literature. Let's now unveil the architectural treasures of early Paris. Christian, what do we know about the buildings from that era? Well, Chorong, many of the architectural designs prevalent in early Paris were significantly influenced by Roman, Frankish, and even Viking styles. The Roman influence is evident in the use of arches and domes, as well as the heavy, durable construction. Also, the use of stones instead of marble in buildings was more of Frankish influence, tying back to Clovis. Even the Vikings left their mark, as seen in the use of ornate and detailed woodwork. I find the amalgamation of these different styles intriguing. It's like a tapestry of cultures, isn't it? Certainly, Chorong. This mix of styles led to an unique aesthetic we recognize as distinctively Parisian. The Roman Colosseum of Lutetia, standing tall today as the Arenes de Lutetia, is an example of this. It's incredible to think that citizens of the medieval city of Paris saw gladiatorial combats and theatrical performances here, just like Romans once did. The aesthetics of the old Paris persists in the new. Exactly, Kenji. Even the Cathedral Notre-Dame de Paris, considered Gothic, has a strand of the Romanesque style. It's this blending and transition of styles that make the architecture of Paris fascinating and timeless. It's astounding to imagine each stone holds centuries of narratives. Kenji, doesn't the varied architectural influences resonate with your views on Paris's resilience? Indeed, Chorong. Instead of falling prey to the invasions, Paris adapted, incorporated, and reflected the changes in architecture. This legacy of reinvention transformed Paris into a timeless testament of endurance and adaptability. It reflects the city's spirit, constantly evolving, but firmly rooted in its past. So transitioning from specific structures, let delve into the cityscape of Lutetia Parisorum as a whole and how it echoed construction ideologies of that time. The city ignited a movement of utilitarian design. 
Architecture revolved around functionality, following the River Seine's course, with structures purposefully arranged around it. Imagine the city blossoming around this substantial lifeline. How intriguing. But was there a pattern to their arrangement, Kenji? Not exactly, Chorong. As the city grew, it transformed organically, with city planning based on the available resources, geographical advantages, and the growing population. How fascinating. But don't forget to account for the religious influences. The city was designed in a way that reflected its reverence for divine entities, prominently shown by the Montmartre, the Mountain of Martyrs. I see. It's like the city itself was a living monument to its history. How do these old ideologies fit into contemporary Parisian architecture? In a way, they've laid the foundation for the modern Paris we see today. Combining utility with aesthetic value, Paris's architecture has aged like fine wine, with historic structures standing beside modern marvels. This blend of old and new proudly showcases the city's rich historical tapestry. It's a beautiful testament to the timelessness of Paris. Throughout the centuries, the style may have evolved, but it has always retained a reverence for the past. If we were to trace the links of current Paris with its historical past, you can't miss the architectural heritage. Chorong, do you see how the cityscape of Paris mirrors its historical milestones? Absolutely, Christian. It's intriguing to see how the meandering Seine, the iconic French hallmark, is an echo of the early river settlements. It was then the lifeline of the city, and it remains so even today. Isn't that a testimony to the enduring strength of Paris? Yes, and tracing these progression steps shows us the fluidity of change. Roman Lutetia's transformation into today's Paris is not a sudden leap, but a steady evolution, correct? You're right, Kenji. It's a journey that has been ongoing for centuries across many generations and eras, and this journey is reflected in every cobblestone and every monument in the city. What I'm curious about is the enduring influence of early economic policies. I mean... Do you think the economic mastery of the Gallo-Roman city laid the foundation for Paris as a global economic center? In some ways, yes. Remember the trade routes established during the Seine River Settlements era? Today, Paris's economic backbone is still rooted in its transport and trade links, although the commodities have changed. And let's not forget the invasions. They brought pain, but they also forced Paris to adapt, evolve, and eventually emerge stronger. This resilience is showcased in how Paris thrived, despite numerous disruptions. Touching upon disruptions, the blend of old and new in Parisian architecture is a visual representation of the city's adaptability. Romanesque structures coexist with modern marvels, casting a unique cityscape that's unmistakably Parisian. It's interesting, isn't it? The city that began its journey on the banks of the Seine River is now France's capital and a global hub. You could say modern Paris is a testament to the city's indomitable spirit. This journey through Paris's history has been remarkable. From foundations along the Seine to a vibrant global city, the resilience is truly admirable, isn't it? Absolutely, Kenji. Paris has always been a city of recovery and reinvention. Each blow, every invasion has just invigorated it, almost like fuel to a fire. Chorong, any thoughts? Paris's ability to rise above adversity and thrive is truly inspirational. It faced numerous invasions, the collapse of empires, 
and yet it stands firm, a beacon of fashion and culture for the world. Well put, Chorong. Any city's strength isn't in never falling, but rising every time it falls, and Paris is a testament to that. The evolution of fashion trends, art forms, and architectural styles we witness in Paris today is intertwined with this historical legacy. Its transformation required adaptation, resilience, and a vision for the future. Even the cobblestone streets echo tales of cultural fortitude, carrying remnants of the Gallo-Roman city, the influences of Clovis's rule, and the grit of surviving invasions. Paris has indeed come a long way. What's your take, Christian? I believe Paris is a living history book, continuously adding new chapters while cherishing the old ones. The monuments, the streets, the bustling cityscape, every little detail has a story to tell, a tale of transformation and tenacity. It only assures us that whatever the future holds, Paris will adapt, endure, and continue to enchant. The exploration through the early origins of Paris has truly been a captivating journey. One thing that struck me is how Paris's economic prosperity took shape along the River Seine. The river played an essential lifeline, facilitating early settlements that laid the city's foundation. It makes me view the Seine in a whole new light now. Understandably, I still have much to learn, notably the intricacies of the early buildings, the architecture certainly carries tales of invasions and transitions. Yes, Chorong, it's fascinating reflecting on early Paris, an era that witnessed so many drastic changes, the way it underwent transformations from a rudimentary Lutetia Parisorum to an intellectual centerpiece. It feels like we're talking about a different city altogether. And yet it bore the brunt of invasions yet stood firm. It's astounding. I particularly found the role of Clovis intriguing, his reign marked notable advancements and stability, yet I remain curious about how Seine River settlements factored in this progress. It's interesting you mention that, Christian. In fact, settlements along the Seine immensely contributed to Paris's burgeoning economic landscape. They facilitated trade and began an urban transition. Reflecting on this journey gave me a more profound appreciation for the cityscape we see today. The vestiges of the past continue to impact modern Paris, evident in its beautiful architectural designs, nuanced economic policies, and diverse culture. However, understanding more about the landscapes during the Gallo-Roman city times and the influences of Clovis's rule are topics I look forward to. Absolutely, Kenji and Christian. What stands out to me is not just the resilience of the city— but also the richness and cultural diversity it has been home to since the early era. Each invasion, each ruler brought with them new elements, enriching the city, making it the fashion and culture beacon we know today. What about you, Kenji? Do you have a favorite bit? Anecdotes from the barbaric period were indeed intriguing, reflecting the great resilience of Paris amid chaos and disruption. While I'm still curious about Paris's landscapes during the Gallo-Roman city times and how Clovis shaped it, our discussions and exploration only deepen my admiration for the city and its dynamic history. You both have wonderfully summarized our journey. The dynamic historical nuances and the beautiful confluence of architecture from various eras are testimony to Paris's evolution and tenacity. From the old tales and myths associated with the Seine, the shaping of the Gallo-Roman city, 
To the invasions, every narrative has added a layer of fascination, enriching our understanding. I'm sure our listeners would share our sentiment of intrigue and awe.